Hello everyone. Welcome to this episode of Dyslexia Solutions. My name is Dr. Miriam Cintron. I'm the founder of Step-by-Step -Step Dyslexia Solutions. So this is a program where we reach out to adults who either are dyslexic, have dyslexic children, or if, they're, if they teach dyslexic children. And the purpose of the program is to empower you and also inform you with the latest uh, information about dyslexia. And also, we are looking for sponsors. So I'm Dr. Marianne Sintron. I equip heroic teachers and parents with an effective literacy program to remediate dyslexia. My passion is to close that, that achievement gap in school and prepare kids for success in school and in life. So I'm a curriculum developer, an app developer, and an author of A Message of Hope, How Music Enhances Reading for Dyslexic Children. But today I have a real special guest. Her name is Amy Noel. Now I want to introduce you to her, um, but I'm going to steal her thunder if I, if I give too much detail because it's really a blessing to know her. She's an amazing woman and she does have her own YouTube channel as well. So I want to um, introduce Amy. Noel, come on on. Hi, thanks for having me, Marianne. It's really an honor. Hi, it's really, I'm excited because not too many people talk on their YouTube channel about different parts of the brain. <laughs> yeah. you because you're an expert and you've sought out experts and you're teaching your own children and more. So let me have you share with the, the audience a little bit about you. Okay, well, I have five sons and they're, I would say they all have dyslexic symptoms. Three of them have IEPs for dyslexia and my youngest, he showed very strong dyslexic symptoms when he was in preschool, but we've done so much intervention with him that he's been doing fine in school so far. And so I'm homeschooling them and um, my husband has dyslexia. My grandfather has dyslexia. So the kids got it from both sides of the family. And, and it's, you know, we've learned a lot on this journey. Well, and for people who don't know, dyslexia <clears throat> does have that genetic component. I'm going to click back to Valerie, gallery view. It has about 40 to 60% of a genetic component, but the other percent is the environmental. If, if children aren't taught to read at a young age, or they're taught with the wrong program, or their parents don't speak to them a lot, they can develop the dyslexic symptoms. So um, it's interesting that you have that genetics in your family. So the intervention is available. I'm going to ask you the first question. Um, what advice? So we're going to have a couple. You have a couple of great questions I'm going to be asking you. The, the first one is what top advice would you give um, the parents of children with dyslexia? I'm going to talk as fast as I can because I want to, there's a lot I want to share. So first, I would say learn all you can about dyslexia from good sources, and I'll talk more about those in a minute. And to join a Facebook support group because you can get input from other parents and experts that are in that group. And to make sure that you get FAPE or free appropriate education from your school because for years I didn't realize how important it was to hold them accountable or even know what to ask for. So, and, and the other thing I would say is to think about comorbidity because uh, again, for years, I didn't realize how many other um, 
things can go along with dyslexia, like ADHD and sometimes autism or the speech aspect of ADHD. That's very commonly part of it, like receptive and expressive language delay. And because dyslexia affects the language centers of the brain, so speech is part of that. You know, let me ask you a question. I know a lot of the uh, kinder and first and second graders are given speech. They don't want to diagnose dyslexia till their third grade. So we just talked about this at the IDA conference that we want the early intervention so that they don't fail. And then we correct it at third grade. But when you talk about receptive language uh, and expressive language, will you explain to the audience cl more clearly what that is? Yeah, the best I can. So I took my son, for example, I took my son Jacob to a speech and language pathologist at our uh, medical offices and they they talked to him they asked him questions to see they 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 did some tests to see how well he understood language and how well he could express himself and so then they said okay at his age he should be here and he's here so then they could do some therapy for that so that's the expressive language yeah and then receptive is how well he understands okay. what other people are saying Okay, and I, I've been a classroom teacher for 10 years, and at the IEPs, that gets thrown around a lot, and people are like, what is that, what is that? So it's just nice to have that clarification, and that's what the speech and language pathologist really addresses. So the second question I wanted to ask you was, what message would you like to send to schools and educators? Okay, this is a big one for me that I've been thinking about a lot lately because I'm working with our school district right now to put in place best practices for dyslexia or for dyslexic students. So this is what I recommend for schools. Number one, foster an atmosphere of inclusion for children with disabilities and learning differences so that they feel welcome and that they don't feel like they're resented or that teachers don't resent having to do extra things for kids with learning differences. Uh, number two, schools need to screen for dyslexia between kindergarten and second grade. And it's very simple to do. Number three, <laughs> schools need to purchase a structured literacy program to use in small group intervention and uh, remediation for kids with reading disabilities. And structured literacy should also be used for general education um, reading instruction for kindergarten to second grade, because if it works for kids with dyslexia, it works for all kids. And it also it's also really effective for English language learners. And so in Southern California, where I live, these structured literacy programs could be really powerful. And were you going to say something? Well, yeah, one of one of the uh, points that I wanted to talk to you about were the resources you use, and you're saying the multi-sensory reading program, and it does work for all students because you're working to the student's strength as well as to their weakness. Yes. And but dys dyslexic children need that. It's very important. Yes, they need it, and it follows the science of reading, which has been proven to work. So, okay. Um, I still have more for the schools. Okay, go ahead. Train the teachers um, about dyslexia, about structured literacy and the science of reading. And um, they need to make sure that um, they encourage assistive technology for students with dyslexia. I'm almost done. And every school district should have, and this is one that's kind of um, unique to me. I haven't heard a lot of other professionals in the dyslexia field talk about this, 
but I really feel like this is important that every school district should have a reading specialist available, at least one, to work with students that aren't progressing in a small group setting because a lot of kids with dyslexia need one-to-one intervention. And the, you know, so many parents see that their kids aren't progressing in the schools. And even if they're in special education, and a lot of times it's because they don't have a structured literacy program or they're not getting one-to-one intervention. And yeah, the last thing I was gonna say is for schools to have some information like a pamphlet available for parents when their kids um, have a reading disability that talks about dyslexia, what it is and what it isn't, and gives them resources. Because a lot of parents, you know, they hear the school psychologist say, okay, your child has a specific learning disability in reading, but the parent doesn't know anything about dyslexia or resources and things like that. And both of our YouTubes have those resources for parents to get more information. You know, I, you're really brave going going out to help the schools because um, in my area in California, we've had so much resistance to the schools wanting outside help. And what I have found in the schools, they really don't know who's in charge of diagnosing. Well, they say the school psychologist is in charge of diagnosing, but she is so swamped. I mean, our school psychologist was so swamped. And there are outside places who will give assessments for dyslexia. I'm for one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, um, the psychologist doesn't actually give a diagnosis at the school. You have to go outside to get an official diagnosis. Professional, but they will they will do the test for dyslexia, the cognitive and the academic, and the speech pathologist will give her a test. So, with the phonological assessment, cognitive and academic, that helps the, that meets sees if the child meets eligibility requirements. Yeah. or dyslexia. So outside p- places can do that also. I just know it's so expensive to get the professionals, the audiologist and the professional psychologist to, to do the assessments. But what I have found, even with screens, that these are the signs of dyslexia and whether a parent's going to pay a couple hundred dollars or a couple thousand dollars, your child has dyslexia. So right. we want to get them the help now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I haven't had any of my kids officially diagnosed. Okay, and you know they have it. Well, and because it's so genetic. Gosh. So, um, what what do you wish the the most for for your own children? I want them to have a happy life. I want them to have um, successful relationships and to be able to provide for their families, doing something that they love and enjoy. And so. Oops, do we got froze a little bit there? Like, yeah, you want me to start over? Yeah, start that part over. Okay. (laughs) So what I really want for my children is for them to have a happy life and to be able to provide for their families doing something that they love. And that's a big concern for parents of kids with dyslexia because reading, writing, and spelling opens a lot of doors in, you know, professional life. That's right. Yeah, I want them to have um, enough of that to where they don't have things, options close to them. And at the same time, I also want them to, I'm trying to help them develop their talents and expose them to unconventional ways of making money, like breeding animals or selling their photography online and things like that, so that they can 
you know, start now thinking about what they want to do when they grow up or develop skills so that they can have a lot of options because I personally have seen it with my grandfather and my husband that they, they would not take raises or accept promotions because of the spelling and the writing involved with those positions. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of limited their, um, their careers. Well, and you know, you're seeing your kids creativity mm-hmm. and you're, you know, parents know their kids the best. So you love, and nobody's going to love your kids like you love them. And you do want the best for them and you want them to shine and have their self-esteem be strong, right? Mm-hmm. So the earliest, the earlier we can assess for dyslexia and start that intervention, reading's going to help them build their self-esteem. And I meet a lot of adults who have had dyslexia or they have dyslexia and they say, gosh, I wish I had someone like you when I was young help me because my self-esteem took a beating. Mm-hmm. So I, I really applaud you for all you're doing with your children. Now, let me end with this question. They say dyslexia is really a blessing. And for people who are trying to stop being dyslexic, they can't wrap their heads around that. Can you share what what the blessing has been for your spouse to be dyslexic and your children? Yeah, well, for me, it's really completely changed me to be in this family because I've learned to think about things differently and to not focus so much on success and achievements and outcomes, not because those aren't possible for people with dyslexia, but when my kids were failing in school, I had to realize that their worth depends on them as a human being instead of on their grades and all these other things. And so I just really feel like, and my husband has said, it's helped him to be more humble. And, you know, there's a difference between low self-esteem and humility, but um, you can, I mean, he really does feel like he connects better with people because of his dyslexia. And I just think that I've also had to focus more on um, my relationships with my kids because sometimes I would get so caught up on them doing their reading and working on this and working on that and trying to fix the problem that it would get in the way with um, our relationship. So I had to learn to turn that around and put them first. So that's beautiful. Now, I don't know if um, the, if the audience knows that you homeschool all three of your children, all five or you homeschool three and two get help outside of the home or No. (laughs) Oh, yeah. When COVID-19 shutdown happened, I pulled them all out of school. Well, not right at first, but the second year, this school year, I just decided to homeschool all of them because they don't do well working on the computer. So I'm homeschooling all of them. My older son, I still have to, I think, get a better program set up for him, but he's just been reading a lot of classics and doing a math workbook. But yeah, I'm I'm doing structured literacy with my three youngest children and Jacob, my second son, he's getting tutoring, professional tutoring, Barton tutoring. Okay. So I just applaud you for the hard work that um, you're doing and the rewards are going to be just insurmountable. So how can people um, contact you if they want to ask you some more questions? And do you want to share a little bit about your YouTube channel before we sign out? Yeah, that'd be great. So I'm on Facebook, Amy Noel, or Amy Dozier Noel on Facebook. But links to all my social media are in my YouTube videos. So if you go to Amy Noel on dyslexia, you can find my email address and my social media links. And that's pretty much it. (laughs) Okay, thank you for being here today, Amy. And I want to thank all of you for tuning in today. If what we have shared inspired you, please subscribe to this YouTube channel. 
and we're looking for other parents of dyslexic children, people who are dyslexic that would want to give back and would consider sponsoring our nonprofit, Step-by-Step -Step Dyslexia Solutions. And um, what I also do is write grants because I want to raise tuition scholarships for tutors as well as to help children get those inter the intervention hours. So please consider sponsoring us at dyslexia-solutions.com. I'm Dr. Marianne Cintron, and our special guest today was Amy Noel. Thank you so much for tuning in. Bye-bye now. Bye.